Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. We have very few rules in life, folks. Don't whiz on the electric fence. Don't tug on Superman's cape. Never get into a land war in Asia. You know, stuff like that. But when we get ourselves a brand spanking new trailer for a Spider-Man movie that gives us the return of Doc Ock, Willem Dafoe's laugh along with a goblin bomb, plus the possibility of multiple Spideys and Doctor Strange in a snowsuit, well, Skippy, the rules say we gotta talk about it. So this week, we dive deep into the geek with the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer in this episode 74, Spidey Mucks the Multiverse. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is a person who I once watched eat seven cans of Taco Bell brand refried beans one after another, and it's the biggest reason why we never got our apartment rental deposit back. He is the Phineas to my Henry. There is no muck that we shan't rake before rolling around in it. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? I am doing quite well. Yourself, sir? I'm doing well, although I feel like my, my greeting is out of place with all the talking of muck and... and and cans of beans. <laughs> I know you've you've added you've somehow elevated your speech to seem sophisticated, and I know it's complete horse pucky. But can you name the tag team, sir? Uh, I believe uh, that would be the Godwins. Thank you very much. Yes, you are correct. I kind of served that one up to you on a silver platter. Uh, I just I felt it, it seemed to go along with the title of the show and all kind of tied together in a nice little bow. And fun fact, uh, the, yes. the two Godwins, uh, I, I don't know their their non-wrestling, non-acting names. but Are uh, both unemployed right now. They, uh, were, no. they were part of the uh, BSK crew that Undertaker uh, That's and, right. and others uh, ran with. They, they were, there's kind of a group of them and... Uh, I think Yokozuna was part of that as well. And yep, so, and yeah. uh, Charles White, the the Godfather. The Godfather, yep, yeah. Uh, Dennis so. Knight was one of the Godwins, wasn't he? Yes, correct. Yes, Dennis Knight. Yep, yep. And who else was part of that crew? Oh, was- Mark Canterbury. Mark Canterbury. Oh, okay. that, that that was the other guy. I, I mean, you didn't really know them by their names because yeah. they never really performed in with their names, but. But I always found it interesting, like especially when we were when we talked about the the Stone Cold podcast or the Stone Cold show with the Undertaker. I just never realized, like like, like you, you you think some of the stars like you can see them kind of hanging out together, but it was just like those guys were just so far down the card. I just I I don't know. I just always thought the upper card hung out with each other and the lower card hung out with each other. But no, there was a crossing of the cards with the BSK crew. Well, and it was always interesting just picturing anyone hanging out with the Undertaker because, like, for so, well, and I, I don't, I mean that kind of well, in a sincere way. Because he protected for so long, the gimmick. He protected the gimmick. He was kayfabe to the freaking core for so long. Like you uh-huh. never saw him break character. Never no. did interviews. Never did anything out of character as the Undertaker. Even if he kind of 
dialed it down a little bit, he was still Taker. So it's yeah. it was hard yeah. to imagine him hanging out with anyone really, yeah. you know, because, except for maybe Paul Bearer. And you just didn't want to think about that. And right. as it turns out now, you know, who wouldn't want to hang out with Percy? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, unless, of course, Percy was going to play a practical joke on you. And then, yeah, you might not want to be in the vicinity. No. Um no. Or actually in a, in a very small car after Percy had Taco Bell. I'm going to guess oh, that was not a good time Christ. either. He good looks like Lord. a dude who could who could bring uh, bring a tear to a glass eye. That's just <laughs> to quote Reston, but man, whew. to quote Kurt Russell in Tombstone, you called down the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. That is way to tie into the pre-production meeting, sir. Way to tie in. That was sweet. Oh, uh, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. That, that is fine craftsmanship to, to dovetail that right in. Oh, boy. Well, before we get into too much other stuff, we ought to get into some stuff here. Uh, what do you got for us for The Week in Geek? The Week in so funky. Well, our, our Week in Geek is going to be a little uh, different. It's going to be taking a step back. You know, usually we're hitting on Marvel and Star Wars news. Um, and, and this one's going to be uh, a little less, uh, I'll say a little less content, and then we'll talk for 40 minutes. Yeah, but, I was going to uh, say, you're, you're just totally trying to lull me into a false you know, sense of, oh, well, they might be under a half hour this week. No! Indeed. And so our, our our last show, which I uh, I think is uh, in the offing right now. Um, yeah, the, the editing department's a little a little <laughs> far behind. <laughs> but but it has been a few weeks since since we have have recorded, and so uh, there have been some events that have transpired that 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 cut across a wide genre of of things, and so we're going to talk through these. The first one, based in reality, is going back several weeks. Uh, There was a baseball game that was played uh, out in Iowa, first of its kind. Uh, I guess there had never been a major league game played in Iowa. Um, But it was out in the area there that the Field of Dreams uh, field was played. It was was billed as the Field of Dreams game. It was the Yankees versus the White Sox. And uh, okay, time out, time out, time out. So so you're saying this is based in reality, yet this is a movie about baseball players, dead baseball players coming out of a cornfield. Well, yes, but but the baseball game itself was real. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what part of this is reality because I'm like it. This it is... wasn't like they played the movie in front, you know, for a crowd or something like that. It was it was more just you know they they were having right. a baseball game at the location where they filmed the movie. Fair and, enough. Okay. And, Fair enough. And yes, and so uh, so they they did kind of an interesting introduction because. Basically, uh, Kevin Costner comes out of the uh, cornfield, uh, which is out in the outfield area. And Long live the king! Long live the king! Indeed. Indeed. And, and we have to tip our cap to the man who has garnered us the most downloads of any episode uh, in the last uh, six months, I believe. <laughs> tip our cap? Tip our cap, good sir. If I were if I were in that room, I should take my glove off and smack you about the face with it. Ah, you should well. you should bend the knee <laughs> for the king, That's the true. king of the sports flicks. That's true, ladies and gentlemen, Sir Kevin Costner. So uh, 
So I as I'm, I'm sitting, actually, I, am I supposed to be seeing spots out of my right eye after, just after <laughs> well, that? Well, you you did sound like you put a lot into that, and so you probably you know I'm dizzy. Is yeah, you probably upped the blood pressure by a couple points. Getting the vapors. So for the introduction to the game, before you know, as part of of bringing the team out and introducing, they they, they do this bit where. It starts off, and, and there's this music playing, and I can only assume the music was playing, um, you know, at the ball field as well for, for the crowd. And, yeah. uh, and I believe it was the field, you know, music based on the movie. And so Kevin yeah, Costner- definitely come, from the score, yeah. Yeah, for, from the score. So Kevin Costner comes out of the cornfield, and, and he's just holding the baseball, and he's just, he just kind of walks the outfield. And when I first saw this, it, I was just like, what are they doing? Like, this just seems so weird. It's like- you know, it's it's kind of like, are, are they bringing him out like he's playing the character? Are they just bringing him out? I mean, like, it, it just, I, I wasn't quite sure where they were going with it at first. Yeah. But then there comes a point as he's just kind of milling around. I mean, really, it was like he was just milling around in the outfield for a little bit. But there comes a point where, where I, I, you know, kind of the those feelings I or, or those thoughts I was having just kind of fell away. And you're just kind of taking it in and you're just, you're, you're seeing a guy with a baseball just kind of contemplating. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that, that's something I think Costner just – I don't think anyone else could have pulled that off that night. You know I mean? He just kind of – he wasn't playing a character, but he just seemed like someone who was just thinking about the game of baseball and, and you know, just all those themes that are kind of tied into the movie. And there comes a point where he's standing and they do this great shot of the cornfield. And he kind of turns and looks at the cornfield, and now the players just kind of emerge. Mm. And, and that, that was, was really cool. Awesome. And it, that it was really, really was. cool. The, they just they literally just looked like they appeared out of the corn like it like yeah. just them walking through the way that they did and the angle they had it was it was magical yeah yeah it, it, it was a very cool visual effect that really I mean it wasn't a visual effect it was just them just coming out and yeah and I think what's so great is like like Kevin Costner part of the part of the reason for his success and the reason why we've it's just kind of fun to watch him in whatever role he plays that every man so stinking well you know what i mean and that's and that kind of just i don't know it it makes him it makes him as a character as a as a human being on film on tv approachable and it and it it, you saw it as the white Sox players were coming out because one just came over and shook his hand which i don't think was really planned and then every single white Sox player after that came over and and became a thing yeah but people felt comfortable like the players felt comfortable up like this is so cool like i have got to go shake ray Kinsella's hand yeah i mean come on like these are baseball players of course they've seen field of dreams or her i mean i'm even though that, that movie's 30 years old like come on of course they have right i mean yeah it was so cool so cool but i had the same reaction as you did i i saw this not long after it was played i think i saw it came up on youtube or something and i started watching it and i kind of had the same reaction like what's he doing is he lost like is it <laughs> do we need to someone someone give need him to, directions to a seat <laughs> does someone need to get kevin to a home like what's going on and I just I turned it off and I went on about my business. But then when I watched it today, because you know I'm all about that preparation, uh, it was it was a different experience. Like I really did. I got what you got. You you sort of realized like, wow, this is kind of a cool moment. And the fact, and I'm sure that they told the crowd this beforehand because you're you mm-hmm. are setting us up for the moment. Totally, it is yeah. all about production. And <clears throat> and I say that in the best possible way because it was really well done. Down to the fact that I mean, because it wasn't actually on the field of dreams field 
Right. This this was a field that they constructed specifically for Major League Baseball games. Yeah, it was it was adjacent to it though, so right. it's it's kind of the same right. property, you know, through the corn, you know, as the crow flies, probably a couple hundred yards. Yeah. Um, but the fact that the crowd was quiet. Yeah. And all you had was the music, mm-hmm. and just kind of this hush because you know people are there you see them in the stands and nobody's doing anything and it really is that moment of just a guy walking there contemplating baseball contemplating and i'm sure for costner in some way he had to have been like this is kind of cool and weird yeah that that like this movie that i made 30 years later there this is happening really Mm -hmm. you know yeah totally oh it was it was a it was a really cool moment i i totally agree totally agree and 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 uh, you know I'll, I'll probably i think i'm gonna repeat what i said before but I, I i go back to just looking at his face like like he was communicating so much in his face yes you know yeah. like like just what he was thinking uh, you know you could just tell he was thinking he was contemplating there was you know like it, and it got me thinking about like thinking about what he was thinking about which you know could have been baseball could i, I mean the movie at, at its core is about you know that father-son relationship as well. Um, there, there's just a lot tied into it, mm-hmm. and you know you're you're just kind of looking at it, just thinking like, is he just kind of thinking about like you said, is he considering the movie? Is he considering baseball? Like what what is it? You know, and and you don't know. And 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 to your point, I mean, it was a good call out too that it was great that there weren't like announcers talking during it. You know, like yes, oh, here's Kevin and. He looks lost, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like what, what, what exactly were you going to say during that? You know, I mean, you just have to kind of let the moment play, and and so something that started off feeling a little hokey at first actually turned into this like really, you know, kind of emotional moment, and just the, mm-hmm. the crescendo was just, I, I, just the way they did it was amazing. Yeah, so. and it they took so much time. It really is like a good yeah. two, three minutes of, because I mean, first they have they show him from the back walking through the corn, and he's the first one to come out onto the field, mm-hmm. and they really took their sweet time bringing out the players. I mean, it's a nine-minute video or something, and it, it isn't till like minute three or f- you know, three and a half until the players actually show up. Yeah, and all that time yeah. is just Costner with a baseball walking around on grass. Yep, and yet. Once you kind of, and it was good that they did that because it allowed you to have all those, what the hell's going on? Why is, what's go? this is weird. It's odd. Like, is he lost? And then it allows you to go through all that and then kind of come around to it like, wow, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I, I totally, well, that was such a great, that was such a great amount of time that they gave to that. I, I It was just right. Yeah. And, and, and I think it speaks to the fact too that, you know, it's it's interesting how you can do a lot with a little, you know, and and yeah, you know, yes, it, it wouldn't have been the same without the music. So so the music added quite a bit. But oh, totally. totally. There, yeah. The, like, like just the way he just the way he emoted and, and and everything about it. And I got to imagine for him, it just probably felt weird because it's just like it, it was just him alone mm-hmm. in silence with the music kind of doing this thing. And and just yeah. So I. You know, as 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 you said in the start of this, uh, we we need to bend the knee to the king because he yes, he, he once again showed up and and delivered the goods. Yes, yeah, excellent way to put it, sir. Excellent way to put it. Our our next item. So going from baseball, we're we're going to traverse across some very disparate topics here, my friend. 
Yes. Uh, we're yes, going to go from the world however, of baseball. However, music does tie these first two together. The, uh, this is true. M- music is the thread. You're absolutely right. So we're kind of spanning from baseball, uh, which before I say what this next one is, I mean, l- let's just be honest. Baseball with a little bit of sports entertainment woven into it. Most definitely. And actually, Vinnie Matt could take a few lessons from how MLB <laughs> handled that. Like, you know what? Sometimes it's okay to be understated. You can get the point across. Absolutely. You, you do not need to bash everyone over the head every single time. But uh, we're going to jump over to the world of professional wrestling yes, uh, and discuss what has to be considered probably one of the best returns one of the most explosive returns of of a of a wrestling superstar in the industry uh shockingly not with wwe (laughs) but with with all elite wrestling uh aew uh which airs on tnt the return from a seven-year absence of cm punk chicago's own In the United Center at Chicago, to to basically come back on their I believe this is their Friday show that they just started called AEW Rampage, and he was the the opener, if you will. And my God, I don't remember another reaction like that except for in 2011, Money in the Bank. CM Punk challenging John Cena for the WWE Championship in Chicago. Mm. And we'll have to link it in the show notes. That is both for for Punk's entrance and for Cena's entrance is a sight to behold. <laughs> mm. so, I mean, Punk, it was it was the, the crowd went just nuts for him. And then Cena just comes through. And I've never heard so many boos rained upon one oh, man. Yeah. It was, it was so. I you, you felt bad for Cena. I mean, he just walks in, staring at the ground, holding the title. Up. He's like, "I'm not even going to try." You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. None of my tricks are going to work here. No, no. But but for Punk to come back um, as, as soon as uh, Cult of Personality uh, hit and, uh, and and that guitar riff went, the just just the United Center just became unglued. It was incredible. Yeah. Uh, and and it was very emotional, and I don't know if you caught it when when uh, when when you viewed it. Um, there's a couple times, especially in the early part, when he's kind of kneeling down on on the stage where he's getting emotional. Yes. About, about the whole yeah. thing, like this has been kind of a a thing that has been building o- over the years, and I can get a little bit into it uh, after the fact. But, sir, what was your reaction to it? I personally have never seen or heard a pop like that. I mean, there have been loud reactions, I think, to matches, to results, even to entrances, but just for the sheer visceral loudness and just like it was it was just this boom. Yeah. I don't know that there has been another pop like that that I have ever encountered in watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. That was like ear-shatteringly loud. You can you you have it's it's hard to hear the music at times. Yeah. Yeah. Because the crowd is that loud and going that crazy. Yeah. And again, this video like they play through almost the entirety of Cult of Personality. Yeah. 
and the crowd is just as loud the entire time. Oh, it yeah. is unbelievable. And yeah, when he kneels down, uh, so he comes out of the out of the shoot, which is kind of a little bit weird for me. The 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 dueling entrances. But I mean, whatever. Got used to it after ten seconds. But comes out of the comes out of the the entrance tunnel, and comes out and and just kneels down on the stage and kind of has his head down a little bit, kind of looking around from time to time. And you can tell like that moment. It's not CM Punk. It's uh, what's the guy's name? Is it Phil Brooks, Phil Brooks. or something? Phil Brooks. Yeah, I mean, you can you can tell why he went with any other name. Um, <laughs> Phil Brooks is not electrifying a crowd. Uh, <laughs> it's just that name is you'd be deader than Kelsey's nuts right when you come uh, out. Um, you know, but but when you when you say CM Punk and put it with cult of personality to quote the great Pat Patterson, the crowd go banana. Uh-huh. Um, so but you can tell that's not CM Punk. That's Phil. Yes. For yeah. for for that moment. And then when he stands up, then it's CM Punk. But mm-hmm. he took like a few minutes of just like absorbing it and taking it in because I think this is a guy who I don't know if he ever expected to wrestle again. Yeah, a lot of it's steeped in the reasons why he had basically why he walked away from from the industry overall, and mm. and and I don't think anyone really thought that he would ever return because there was never going to be a platform outside of WWE. Uh, yeah, and and it wasn't he. I I don't think he will ever go back. In, in any way, shape, or form. I, maybe Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame always seems to be the thing that, that even people that have had bad blood with Vince can, can kind of put to the side and, and you know, celebrate. But his departure was was not uh, – was was lacking any sort of positivity. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Acrimonious doesn't quite cover it. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, it's, he, it's, it's like the, the Dylan McKay, let me uh, – what was it? let the bridges that I burn light the way or something like right. totally nonsensical doesn't make any sense at all, but it kind of fits for this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that th- that's one of the reasons why there was so much like emotion behind it because, mm. b- because for, for, and he says this in his promo, you know, he, he thanks the fans. He, he heard them, you know, anytime WWE was in Chicago, there were CM Punk chants. And they would, in one form or another, try to you know shut those down with whatever you know witty retort they they could come up with for the time. But he he was someone who you know kind of like we were talking about Costner before. He he's kind of like this. He he doesn't look like your standard professional wrestler. You know he is not no. a muscled up, you know <laughs> no. jacked up sort of person. He's not tall. He's not imposing. But uh, and I will refer back to the scene of Punk match at at Money in the Bank 2011. He is a professional wrestler. He puts on a show, and he has solid matches with whomever he fights with. I mean, he's been in the ring with Brock Lesnar, which you would think Lesnar would have just whooped him in five minutes and been done with it. And yet they, they, they put together this fantastic David and Goliath kind of match, and, mm-hmm. and it worked. You know what I mean? It just you, yeah. you bought into him having a shot at beating Lesnar. He faced The Undertaker at WrestleMania one year. And you bought into him, you know, uh, with with Paul Heyman in his corner, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. because he was a Paul Heyman man, Paul Heyman guy. Yeah, um, I I will I'll link to a video about about that. But yes, go, but proceed. But when he left in 2014, he was battling injuries. He was very bitter on the company. I mean, he, he there, there was a whole part of the 
part of the negativity had to do with the fact that when he was the world champion, he is a purist in terms of pro wrestling. And he believed, if I'm the world champion, I should be in the main event last match of the show. And throughout mm-hmm. his tenure as champion, he was always the second or third match from the main event. Mm-hmm. So it's like they felt comfortable making him a world champion because he, he carried himself that way, but they would never put him in that main event slot. And, and that really aided him. Well, and so this actually goes into the, the video that I referenced a moment ago. So it's, it's another one of those deals where Paul Heyman is probably from like the same event or one of the same events where he's talking about his time with CM Punk yeah, and how he actually met him when when Heyman essentially got exiled to OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, <laughs> yes. and it was kind of being having his cooling his heels down there where they were like you know what go down there and develop talent which is the same as like you know what uh you know whatever whatever they send you to the filing room it's like it's like morgan freeman's character being sent to research and development or whatever oh right right applied technologies or whatever it was <laughs> applied like just, technologies yeah. just stash this dude away from a, as far away from me as possible sort yeah. of thing Good luck. and so he met him there and they were like yeah uh they want him to fire him they wanted Heyman to fire Punk. And yeah. he's like, I don't fire people. I just develop talent. I don't fire talent. I just develop them. And they're like, no, well, whatever. Just just get rid of him. And he's like, I don't don't I don't want to get rid of him. He's this guy is going to be a superstar. He's going to be he is going to make you money. Draw me money. Yeah. He is going to be huge. And he's like, and Heyman was saying, none of them believe me. And they, yeah. they had essentially brought him up and signed him because the the internet was really high on him. There was a lot of internet bu- buzz about him. Yeah. But they knew nothing about him. They just knew the internet liked him, so, well, we got to have him. And they, <laughs> they, they knew nothing about him. They didn't know what his finisher oh was. Gosh. They didn't know what his style was or anything. So it, it doesn't surprise me that they that they they did this that sort of thing to him because it doesn't seem like they had any interest in actually understanding who he was because he didn't fit the mold. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I mean, people like him, so we'll keep him on the shows, but he's not our guy. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like if you watch uh, Ford versus Ferrari and you have the the PR guy there who keeps on getting his nose into things and he doesn't want Ken Miles to be the driver. He's like, he's not really a Ford man. Right. You know, but this guy's the best. Yeah, but I just don't like him. Right. You know, that sort of thing. And it, that's what it feels like very much to me. Like his, and, and granted, I, did, I was not watching all of this and I kind of have only heard stories and seen bits and kind of put together a history myself of what you've said and what other people have said but that to me from looking at the outside outside in that's what it feels like his tenure at WWE was like like you guys just don't really understand what I'm doing even though I'm making you a butt ton of money draw me money yep you just have no interest in in kind of understanding me. So I could totally understand why. Wasn't it at some point like he talked about he left pro wrestling and it, and the date he gives is like when he signed with WWE. And then he's like, I feel like I've and then I've just yeah. come back to professional wrestling now. And I'm like, dang. Yeah, that that what I loved about his promo was he made some very biting remarks without calling out Vince and WWE directly. Mm-hmm. The first one was the thank you to the fans for their patience, but and I loved how he worded this that that he understood why some of his choices disappointed them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he asked for that same understand. You know, he's like, I understand, but he's like, you need to understand that there was no way, and I think I'm quoting this correctly, that he was going to get better physically, emotionally, spiritually, or otherwise 
staying in the place that he was like like it, it was a really mm-hmm. that was a really big slam on WWE. He's like there's no way that I was going to be a healthy person staying there. Mm-hmm. And uh and then the other quote was the one you said where where he basically, you know, he starts talking about when he left Ring of Honor, which is, you know, I, I wouldn't call Ring of Honor an independent organization. They're not a, a huge organization, but they are they they have lasted since the early 2000s as as a as an organization. Uh, and, and he, along with Samoa Joe and, and a few others who are now in WWE as well, like they kind of built that Daniel Bryan. They kind of built that that up into what it was. And so, yeah, when he gave that line, he's like, I left professional wrestling back in 2005 and in 2021 I've come back. (laughs) It's like, oh, my gosh. It's like, that's that's awesome. That was such a biting line and 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 a true one, you know, because let's be honest, I I think one of the reasons AEW is starting to catch wind and and I won't go too too deep into this because this is probably a, a topic unto itself. But my friend, I really do think we're getting we're close to an inflection point in 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 professional wrestling. I I think AEW is finding the right talent at the right time, and it's it may be the thing that propels them to be a very serious competitor to WWE. Because honestly, at this stage, WWE feels like WCW was in in the late nineties. Honestly. Well, AEW is putting out some some very good talent, very good matches. I mean, not everything is going to hit all, on all cylinders, but I feel like they're putting out a much more solid product. Yeah, and and here's what I here's what I'll say to that to try and not belabor this because we are we are approaching the half hour mark here on. Uh, <laughs> I told you, <laughs> as predicted on the weekend geek. Uh, so. Uh. Uh, what I will say is, I, I, is, is Vinny Mac and the WWE in trouble? No and yes. So no at this moment because if you go back to the uh, the Broken Skull sessions with uh, when Austin had on Kevin Nash mm-hmm. and Nash talked about when when him and Scott Hall went to WCW and they're like, oh, I think it was Bischoff or, or somebody there was basically, we're going to put Vince out of business. And he's like, right. are you kidding me? Like, think about this. Right now, people are excited because they legit think that Vince's guys are invading your company Mm -hmm. and that two of Vince's guys can beat all of your guys. Right, right. They're still excited about the whole thing, but they're excited because it's Vince's guys. Mm -hmm. Right now in AEW, there's a lot of excitement, and justifiably so. However... The way that some of this is being framed and with a lot of the kind of the, the biggish names that are coming about, the reason that it's a big deal is because it's a WWE guy. Like the whole like like CM Punk is a WWE guy. No, yes. no two ways about it. So him showing up is huge. The fact that they got Jericho as early as they did mm-hmm. is was huge because he was a WWE guy. Yep. You, even though he had stints other places, and and but he was predominantly a WWE guy, especially after the fact when you consider that now WCW owns, I mean WWE owns everything WCW did right. and ECW, so everything is all kind of like congealed right. <laughs> into this, you know, Velveeta-ish 
block of wrestling. But you know, it, it's still the it's the still the thing is like oh, and then when Bray Wyatt shows up and Daniel Bryan possibly showing up and this guy showing up and that guy showing up, it's because they're coming from WWE to AEW. Now, mm-hmm. what they do with that will be how it's determined if yes it's a problem if it's if it's trouble now the 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 other reason i say that yes vince is in trouble is because he went through a similar thing with wcw and wcw batted them around for a while and then vince kind of gave creative creativity over to his character over to his wrestlers and they and he was able to build with the stars that you know the younger or the the lesser names that he had and they became the next generation of stars that's where you get austin mankind the rock um, triple h you know that that kind of group right now wwe is trying to still do a little bit of what wcw did especially with the fact that we just get goldberg coming out randomly challenging people like it's still a thing like vince is going to do that forever but they're losing enough people and i don't know that vince will do that again I, I have I see no no ch- no chance that you know Vince twenty some odd years later is going to give up control, especially when it seems like a lot of the problems that he's had is when guys like CM Punk, guys like Bray Wyatt, have opinions and thoughts about their characters and are very protective of the creativity involved in their characters. Mm-hmm. I don't think Vince, as an old man, is going to let that go and it won't change until someone else takes over and here's the problem here's why wwe has a problem because ain't nobody else taking over folks ain't nobody else taking over this is what's going to happen okay at some point in time vincent mcmahon will pass along okay there will be there'll be tributes there'll be a tearful tributes from wrestlers past present and there'll be a, a special edition of Raw where it's a total McMahon tribute show. And at the end of the show, there'll be all of the wrestlers coming out. All of the hall, living Hall of Famers will be there. All of the everybody having anything to do with WWE who's still breathing will be there. And they'll do the 10 bell salute. And as soon as they're about to ring the 10th time, no chance in hell is going to play. And they're going to wheel Vince out, his head in a jar. Oh, good lord! <laughs> they're going to wheel it out, and it's going to have that wide-eyed oh, smile, like face. And 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 Vince is going to live forever, his head in that jar, dictating wrestling forever, because that is what Vince would love to do. Nothing more in history than to book his own death and afterlife mm-hmm. on television. That would be his ultimate dream. And at, like I think it's so cute that Triple H probably some somehow still maintains that he might someday get the reins. Like, sorry, Paul, it ain't happening. Not happening. Vince's well, severed head yeah. will outlive us all. <laughs> Vince will bury us all. It's gonna be it's gonna be Vince, cockroaches, and Keith Richards at the end of time. And you know what? Vince is gonna try and book a match between the cockroaches and Keith Richards. That's what that's what's gonna happen. He's gonna try and book an angle with them. All right. Well, all that being said, <laughs> 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 uh, 
just just want to go back to a few things you you talked about, which uh, I I think we're going to eliminate the third point in Week and Geek. Uh, let's let's round this out and and, and yes, move on to no, the main I, event. I agree. But, I agree. But I agree. but I do I I do want to call out a few distinctions, and and you kind of touched on this a little bit. What what I you want to know how the head in the jar is going to work? I don't. Well, here's the thing. I will you stop? <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> All right, so. The interesting thing with Jericho, with Chris Jericho being a part of, the, and, and we've, you know, we've talked about the the Broken Skull sh- sessions, you know, show with him. You know, I, I think a key distinction with some of the guys coming in from WWE, not all of them, because Bray Wyatt is still viable and and is not on the tail end of his career, and and if if rumors are to be believed, although I think he will fall more into the the Jericho case here, but Daniel Bryan is heavily rumored to to be showing up. At, at their pay-per-view on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, that is going to be huge. What these guys are going to be doing, though, is doing what's what's really best for the business overall, which is they may have a run where they get one up on whoever they're fighting and so on and so forth, and, and that's what happened with Jericho. He was the world champion for, like, the first year. But then they, they're going to go into this, this, this building mode where they're going to be building up the, the younger guys and establishing them. And Jericho right now is in the process of doing that with, with a character who's called MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman or something like that. But what, what I find so interesting about what he's doing and the way AEW is treating the MJF character is they are organically building up what I believe is going to be probably – and I don't, I know, I don't mean to call him Ric Flair to say he's like Ric Flair, but I, I want to draw the parallel like he's going to be that kind of villain. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they are organically building what I believe to be superstar villains and 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 baby faces that are going to be able to bring the company forward long term. WWE, they have two, three really good contracts going right now for themselves with Fox and with, and I think it's with USA. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for their shows, those are going to be in jeopardy. I think when when they come up, because what happened at SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar coming back and Becky Lynch, those two co- those two returns, I think, were expedited because of what happened with CM Punk. And apparently, Fox is really ripped at the WWE because they didn't even make an attempt to go after Punk. So some mm. of the TV deals they have are now going to start putting pressure on them because they got these ridiculous deals. I mean, the Fox one is, is made Vince even more rich than he already was. Draw me money. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're getting off in the weeds a little bit and, and maybe we'll have a different way of kind of talking through some of this at a later point, but it, bringing it all back around. Yeah. The whole point is I think this, this organization is going to do well long-term because they aren't, like you said, they're not going about it. Like we're putting Vince out of business. They're going about it as we want to be this company that is, uh, and, and again, we can go into detail later on, that, that is doing things differently for, for the wrestlers in terms of benefits and things that they're getting, that they're working together to kind of build the product as a whole. And there isn't, at least right now, a lot of egos going on. You know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to have this be a place where people can come and wrestle. And, and they're... They're also opening themselves up to other organizations. Like their world champion was a world champion not for a only for AEW, but also for Impact Wrestling. So mm-hmm. they're they're willing to go beyond their own borders in in a way to kind of build more momentum and, and more, you know, word of mouth and more interest in their product, which is something WWE doesn't do at all. So yeah. that's where I think it's a lot different. And and when when you bring a, a person like Punk in who 
is so loved by fans because he is that everyman and he was someone they saw that they enjoyed. And then that was taken from them, not because of him, but because of what had been done to him. To have him come back now and to and and as he said in his promo, like you may see a very different punk than what we saw in WWE toward the end of his career there, because he's going to be working with young guys who are passionate about the business you know, the promos aren't scripted. They can speak from from them as characters. And I think that's going to have their product stand out on its own and really be the thing that puts them over the edge. And and with this influx of other talent, like with, with Daniel Bryan, with Bray Wyatt, with others, they're just poised to, to really do some damage in, in a way that WCW never could. So... Oh, so, right on. Totally could Anyway, be. sorry, I went rambling on a bit there. But, yeah, if, if you have an opportunity to watch it on YouTube, it, it is for a return of, 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 a, of a wrestler to a company. Uh, I mean, it's hard to call it a return because he never wrestled for AEW. But whatever you want to call it, debut or return, it was loud. It was energetic. It was amazing. And I highly recommend checking it out. So A debut for a new company and a return of... I mean, uh, a legend, and and he has. I mean, even though his his time with WWE is, it's not like it, he was spanned decades. Over his absence, he has become a legend. Yes, yes. And with all that being said, that my friends is the weekend geek. Not what your country can do for you. Almost clocking in at 40 minutes. I mean, I'm sorry. Once again, just (laughs) trying to annex more and more of this show. It's great. (laughs) All right. Well, so we uh, we were actually going to talk about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course, you know, we spent the last like 25 minutes talking about wrestling. But if you're still with us, hey, thanks. Uh, So (laughs) what we're going to do here uh, is we are going to actually watch the trailer. And mm-hmm. we are going to uh, watch it live, kind of our, our our reactions. Of course, we've seen this a couple of times, but we'll, we'll a few comments here and there. So if you want to watch it with us, what you want to do is pull it up using the link in the show notes, uh, get through whatever ads and other crap that uh, YouTube puts in front of it. If they don't, then, you know, you must be one of them people with a silver mine somewhere where you can afford premium YouTube. I am not that person. Are, are, are we going to start at the beginning? Because there is like some quick cut scenes before it actually starts the trailer. Yeah, let's just do that. It just okay. makes it easier. So right. if you're at if you're at all zeros, sir, then we uh, we will commence watching. I am at zero, zero, zero. All right, folks. Well, here we go. Here is the countdown. If uh, you uh, want to just catch us on the flip side, you don't want to watch it, uh, just fast forward about three minutes and we'll see you there. So here we go. Three, two, one, go. Off to the races. Oh, and right off the bat. Oh, I, I kind of like the little thing they put at the beginning now. Isn't that nice hanging out with his lady friend? Isn't Zendaya like is something like, isn't she almost like 30 at this point? It's kind of weird. So. Yeah, it's a little weird, but then again, Tom Holland is going to look like he's 12 for like the rest of his life. And there's Jay Jonah Jameson running his mouth. Yep. The drones that are yours. Interesting. Yes. Whole lot of cell phones in this trailer. Notice that sign, Devil in Disguise? Yeah, yeah, We'll be talking about that later. (laughs) I know. I know. 
Yeah, oh, more he's cell Mr. phones. Popular now. Well, popular in a good or a bad way. I think Ned's going to crack under questioning in a heartbeat. <laughs> Ned is not the guy you want in a room nope. being interrogated with your butt on the line. I'm just nope. nice guy. Why is there snow everywhere in the sanctum? I don't understand that. Yeah. I I do love that calling him Steven. That is great. That's a very Tony Stark sounding line though. <laughs> oh yeah. But I'll allow it. Yep. Wong. Now that seems kind of weird, like with with Strange's yeah. inter- interchange with Wong, because he has a bit more respect for him than that. I thought. Well, I mean, who, what Wong well, or, or or the other way around? Strange for for Wong. Well, not I mean, they really. joke I around, mean, but I mean, this just seemed kind of a weird. I don't know. Weird. Do you remember the whole like library interaction back in Doctor Strange? Beyonce, you yeah. know? Oh, the multiverse is born, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. You see the purple in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which will be interesting. Like, was it their tampering, or was this, like, the inflection point of when yeah. everything started? I love how this is getting into, like, total Inception territory here. Yeah. I, I wonder if they can get, like, Leo to do a cameo. It'd be just great seeing him... See him sitting at like a, a a table at a cafe, just spinning the top. That <laughs> green goblin bomb. Yeah. Oh, I wonder that who that belongs to, and. <laughs> Doc Ock. Which I guess we had to see because I think Alfred Molina spoiled that one. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll, no we'll keep everything else secret. The people who didn't talk, we won't show them in the trailer. Oh my uh, gosh, it's amazing how like how it seems like anything that's anywhere near Tom Holland leaks. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Tom Holland was on the Titanic in some sort of roundabout time travel <laughs> way. That's why it sank. Um, all right. So, initial thoughts from you, sir. Very interesting. You know, I I I, I like the. Th- you know kind of thematically where they're taking it where he's you know now that everyone knows who he is he's struggling with that notoriety um mm. that's something of course that that his his mentor tony stark did not struggle with <laughs> in fact he he embraced no. it and and embraced it more and more um that is and and by far one of the great marvel moments just the end of that where he, and he has that look about him just sort of like you know what f it I am. I'm Iron a, Man. <laughs> there is that one pause. Just there's some little sparkle in his eye. I'm like, oh, yeah. you glorious SOB. You. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so I think you know I think it's interesting to you know that they're building right off of where you know the the prior movie in terms of what happened with Mysterio and mm. the revelation that he is you know Spider Man. How that's impacting him. Um, and how it pushes him in this direction, you know, to, to, to go to Doctor Strange and basically, you know, make this kind of request, which, you know, does have kind of a, um, oh, gosh, I have the, the, the Mephisto thing in my head, but it's not what I'm trying to say. What's it called, that story when you make a deal with the devil? What, um, the devil's me. bargain? No, no, it's, there's a character. Um, I think it was like a play, but I can't think of the name of it. Anyways. But it's almost like one of those deals where he's like going to 
make a deal to change his life in some manner, you know, and, and, and it does have that kind of feel to it. And when we're talking about like the interchange between strange and Wong, that just felt weird to me because I always felt like strange had a respect for Wong, even though they would maybe disagree about things. Mm -hmm. There was still, you know, Wong was kind of part of his growth into his role as, as the, you know, as, as the one now, the ancient one, Mm -hmm. not the ancient one, but uh, the one wielding the power. And, and so it just seemed kind of out of character for him to do that, you know. But as we see uh, through the process, the, the multiverse uh, comes to bear. And, you know, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's great for the first trailer to, to not spill the beans about everything. I mean, there's a lot of rumors and a lot of ideas around what's going to happen and, you know, probably all will be true. But, uh, mm-hmm. but I think it, it, it was the right amount to kind of, you know, let, let's, let's pull the curtain back a little bit, but not all the way. So, so I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was a, a very fun and, and great uh, wedding of the appetite for what is to come in December. And you, sir? I would agree. And I, I've seen a couple of people theorizing that essentially what we're seeing in the trailer is, is, is kind of a summary of what's going to happen in the first 45 minutes of the flick. You know, first 45 minutes to an hour. So we're, we're getting like the first half-ish. You're kind of getting like first act, beginning of the second act sort of things are, are going to crap. And there's, there's not a lot here that would show you, that would make you think you're seeing anything towards the end. So it's, it's really, it is, it's wetting the appetite. It's setting the table. It is, it is almost that whole like the first bite begins with the eye sort of yeah. methodology as opposed to DC where it's like, you want to see the movie? Here it is. Here's the whole uh, thing. Yeah, beginning to end, we just might as well roll the credits afterwards. But it's it, to me, I, I kind of I kind of can see that. Like I do not see a whole lot that looks like there might be one or two shots that look like they might be towards an ending mm-hmm. where you see them in a different suit and things like that. But man, it really feels like we're getting a lot a lot of the setup and then that's it. We're we're gonna have surprises and stuff, and so I'm all in on that. I I feel I, I feel like um, I've also seen a couple of folks reference the fact that basically this is a, an adaptation of a Spider-Man story called One More Day, mm-hmm. um, and you'll love this. You're gonna love it because guess who is involved in that story? Uh, Loki. You're wrong. No. Don't, don't mess with me. I know you know who we're talking about. Well, no, no, no. Hold, hold on. Uh, Wanda? You're wrong. No? Uh, let's see. Uh, Agatha? You're wrong. No. no. Oh, Patrick, oh, oh. Patrick, what I want you to do is go outside. Get <laughs> get like as much. You know that you know the German shepherd down the road that keeps on <laughs> crapping outside on the sidewalk? I want you to go pick as much of that up as you can. Put it in a bag. Put that bag in a box. And I want you to FedEx that. To Tim, <laughs> can you do that right now? His at his his address is in your address book. <laughs> the, it's the Patrick. Just go pick up the dog crap. Okay, you're ruining the moment. This is ruining the moment. You're 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 ruining. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Go go pick up the dog crap. This hey dude, when you get your own podcast and are making no money, you can do whatever you want. But right now, you're making no money. You ain't got no podcast. All right. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, just settle what do you that. Think it is? Yeah. Uh, I believe. Uh, by the way, keep an eye out for that package, would you? I will. Uh, I I believe what you're hinting at is uh, this may be maybe 
the appearance of Mephisto. Yes. Uh-huh. So in that in that story from the comics, uh, apparently Aunt May is killed, and Peter makes a deal with with Mephisto to chain to bring her back. But in order to do that. Basically, MJ is going to forget who he is. I'm probably getting some elements of that wrong because ah. I didn't do a ton of research, but that that is kind of the 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 uh, the Reader's Digest version that I got. So, the idea being that in order to do that, Mephisto had to kind of like mesh a couple of random timelines together, and that's how you get this result. This idea of going to somebody and, and making that devil's bargain of like, listen, can you do this for me? Okay, but it's going to cost you. Faustian. That's what thing. I was trying to think Faustian. of. Faustian. Yes. Faustian. There we go. I got it. Now I can sleep tonight. Well, that's good. I'm glad. A uh, little, you know, little bourbon and some uh, some melatonin. I'll take care of that. Well, thank you uh, very much. You know, uh, you dissolve them in the in the. Bur- no, actually, I'm not recommending any of that. Okay, everybody, just relax. Oh, that's- Uncle Todd. I do not play a doctor anywhere. Um, so, but the idea that you're taking this, and so the, the that story and kind of adapting it, like he's trying to get a problem, he's going to somebody who can solve the problem. The idea is that perhaps because Doctor Strange seems so out of character for himself, mm-hmm. that perhaps this is Mephisto playing Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange is somewhere else because they they have the some of the background I have gotten is that. You know, when Doctor Strange is off world or he's off somewhere else, that he does give, you know, power to others or he creates a duplicate of, of himself or things like that. So mm. there could be a chance that someone would not understand that this is, you know, they'll, they'll think it's a stra- a duplicate of him. And that's why it's acting weird. But it could be Mephisto. Now, of course, the other explanation I got was that Doctor Strange just, you know, with the Avengers just managed to take down Thanos and save the universe. So. A guy who already had a, I mean, when you saw Doctor Strange in the movie, his first movie, dude has an ego rivaled only by Tony Stark. Yes. And honestly, they were kind of neck and neck. Yeah. Um, so this idea that his ego has once again surfaced and he is really feeling himself and believes that he is can just do whatever he wants. So maybe that's why we're getting kind of this loosey-goosey like, hey, trust me, kid wink wink nudge nudge sort of thing Mm -hmm. i don't know however that sign that you pointed out with the devil in disguise Mm -hmm. i I mean marvel fans love to point out stuff like this but man that i damn if that isn't like like almost serving it up on a platter so Mm -hmm. they're either they're either hinting at someone or they are really just screwing with fans on a whole other level i think either one i'm in i I love it either way uncle todd this movie opens i think it said december 17th Mm -hmm. i think this is marvel's christmas present to the fans after <laughs> to the, everybody who's been predicting Mephisto showing up since January <laughs> WandaVision started in January and everyone's like oh Mephisto's going to appear and he never appeared and then Captain you know Captain America the Winter Soldier Mephisto no no Mephisto there and then we got into Loki and Mephisto no no Mephisto so I think I think and everyone's like, what about Shang, Shang-Chi Man, no nah <laughs> nah nah <laughs> the Eternals Maybe no, no, yeah, no. So I, I, I think, uh, I think they may pay off on this. It, it, it does seem to have that feel to it. It does, and it's a little bit weird that you know, 
Peter Parker just kind of talking to Doctor Strange interferes that much. I mean, maybe there's more to what happens when he's like, you, you know, stop messing with the spell or, or interfering with the spell. Maybe more is happening. That Of course, we're getting just voiceover and, and stuff slashed together but for a trailer. But if that's all he's doing is talking to him, like, dude, you're Sorcerer Supreme. Like, you can't deal with a little distraction. Like, really? Right. Right. I mean, I know it's a... Con- yeah, you're making every person on the planet forget something. Whoop-de-doo! But really, just some kid like, uh, excuse me, sir, excuse me. Like, that's goofing you up? Like, you can you can make everybody on the planet for- forget something, but yet, like, someone, you know, farts in your direction. Like, ah! You know, and, and all of a sudden, oh, I'm, gee, I'm sorry, you're turned into a gecko. I don't know. You know, you can get- <laughs> I know there's an insurance company you might be able to get work with. A gecko? Um, yeah, I, there's a first thing that came to mind. I know, but uh, yeah. So I, mean, I, I think this might actually be it. And and you know what? Some part of me hopes it isn't, just so we can all be wrong. <laughs> just keep keep this going. Yeah, this this will end up being like you know, like like a wrestling storyline that just keeps the the bad guy keeps winning. You know what I mean? And eventually mm-hmm. they'll pay it off. Eventually they'll pay it off. Mm, or not. Or not, but it could be I, WCW. We just all have to forget it ever happened. I do like the the other piece of this, which is, and in, in, you know, I, I don't know if this is real strange or, or Mephisto strange, but uh, or variant strange, because we also have to keep that in mind too. Like, are we starting to deal with variants as well um, mm. as we move forward? Good um, point. Good point. But just the struggle that, and, and I alluded to this earlier about you know Tony Stark embracing the celebrity of, of who who he was as a superhero and. Here, you know, Peter is is struggling with the celebrity now and and the attention and 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 I love that line from from Strange where he basically says, you know, your problem is you're trying you, you want two different things. You know, he's like mm-hmm. you you want to be able to be the superhero, but you don't want it to affect your personal life. And and it's one of those like like I'm, I'm hoping what one of the themes in the story coming out of this is his reconciliation of those things of, mm. of realizing that if he wants to be able to do what he does as spider-man he has to accept the mantle and and the celebrity that is going to or, or just i don't mean to call it celebrity but just the 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 oh, public oh oh, oh 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 the responsibility oh yeah yeah because as we all I'm know i'm your huckleberry with great power comes great responsibility. Indeed. And I'm scared that I said that now because every single time that seems to get said, that character gets whacked. So, so I'm probably going to get hit by a bus walking outside <laughs> after recording this. That or Patrick will, you know, leave something that, you know, you just actually Patrick over. will probably run me down on his Vespa. That's that's how I'm going to go, folks. <laughs> I'm going to get taken out by a Vespa. That's what it's going to be. Like Austin Power style, like it'll take him like forever to reach you and you just kind of stand there like, no. Well, no, here's here's how it's going to go. He, I'll hear him. I'll go to step aside from from getting hit by the Vespa, and I will trip, and I will then like fall at a strange angle and hit like this one pebble that will hit my my head in this one p- specific spot where I've got a soft spot that I'm completely unaware of, and I'll hit that one soft spot in the one possible way that could actually do any kind of damage, and boom, that'll be it. That was creative. I thank you. I that was creative. I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about you, these sort of things. I was going to say, I mean, it, it's, a, it's very mousetrap-like the way you kind of came up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's more than likely. It's either going to be that or I'm going to trip over my morbidly obese cat in the middle of the night and that'll be it. 
One of those two. One of those two. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. He's actually, no, one of these three. It's either those two or at some point I'll just be going down the stairs and my wife will just finally get sick of my crap and just mm-hmm. boom, and that'll be it. And you know what? I got no problem with that either. I probably got it coming. So if, if this ever turns into, you know, the man they call Tim and the man they call Tim, yeah. you, you kind of know it's been nice knowing you folks. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, right now... We got a whole lot of stuff thrown at us, and, if, and I'll actually post to this trailer breakdown from Emergency Awesome, which, great channel name, uh, where they kind of go through and they break some of this down. So we got Doc Ock, we've got Green Goblin, and Electro, so Jamie Foxx's Electro will be coming back. There is also uh, one part of the video where they talk about uh, a when they do briefly show uh, Electro, you know, the kind of the... The, the lightning electrical bolts and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. There's a large dust cloud, which has some people wondering if Sandman is in this as well. Mm. And so if we get like the Sinister Six in full bloom from different you know parts of the multiverse coming in, uh, you've got the idea of, you know, of course you've got your normal cast of characters, but then of course we've, we're also rumored, I mean, one of those secrets, secrets that is no longer a secret, Tobey Maguire showing up, and yep. supposedly Andrew Garfield might even be showing up in this thing. Interesting. So you get all three of the actors who have played Spider-Man live action, mm-hmm. which would be real interesting. And then if, I mean, I mean, at this point, who knows? You might even get an animated Miles Morales peeking in for a second like, hey, and that's it. Yeah, that <laughs> totally doesn't sound they actually. Oh, like, that's funny. You got you to do the, hey. Hey. You know, no, 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 not that. It's just, hey, remember, remember that part of the yes, the, I do. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure I wasn't alone on that. No, Anyways, I remember. And even someone, so there was even one part of that breakdown where they talk about uh, the hand coming out and gr- and a growling, and there's even some people who are like, well, maybe Venom is in this, which. I don't think that would be the case uh, because I I don't know that Sony is going to allow Marvel to play with all of those toys. That feels like too much. Because like they're it, definitely trying to set up their own like Venom-verse because they've got all the characters except Spidey under their control. So they have all of the Spider-Man characters, but they lend out Spider-Man to, to Marvel. But apparently Sony can't actually use Spider-Man on their own. Like I, I think that's the deal they have right now, but they can use any of the other characters. So they've got the Venom movies going and they've got mm-hmm. their own Sinister Six movie, I think, coming and all this other stuff that, you know, a Spider-Verse without Spider-Man. I don't know. But so yeah, a whole bunch of characters in this. You might need a you might need a, a, a little bit of a reference card when you go to this movie, <laughs> you know. Might need a scorecard, you know, to, to catch all of the stuff that's happening. But man, right. they they gave you a little glimpses of enough stuff to tease you, but who knows what's actually going to be in, in the full flick, you yeah. know? Yeah, and, and it, it is interesting, and there, there's a lot going on because if you're if you are in fact pulling in the you know the, you know, the two other live action Spider Men plus pulling in the villains from their respective universes or movies however you want to call it um mm-hmm. yeah it, it seems like trying to bring venom in just seems like way too much and 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 that was always yeah. my issue like I, I actually never i saw spider-man and spider-man 2 with toby Maguire. i actually never saw spider-man 3 um me neither i've i've heard and, i've heard it's awful and of course there's that 
there's the dancing scene that I've seen on YouTube, which I'm like, oh my gosh, ah. who 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 was who had so much cocaine that they thought this was a good idea? <laughs> oh, good Lord. But that was a movie where, and and I kind of suspected that it was going to cause the the movie or the story to suffer is is when you have so many villains you know it was like they were kind of loading up you know in Spider-Man yeah. 3 cuz you had Sandman and you had um oh gosh now of course i'm forgetting um uh, i can't I don't, think of I it don't but know there, there was like yeah. two or three different villains in in the movie and it was just like i don't know it, it just felt like way too much but at least here like it seems at least from the trailer the fact that you're bringing the multiverse into this kind of gives you that explanation of why you would bring all of this together. Yeah, it isn't like Batman and Robin where you wind up with, you know, you end up with Two-Face, Riddler, Mr. Freeze, Poison Ivy. Like, hey, let's just throw all this stuff in here and hope that people like it. And then we'll put nipples on the bat suit because that'll that'll be great. Yeah. And oh yeah, and here's here's Batgirl, and here's Robin, and here's this, and here's that. It's like no, we just kind of wanted halfway decent movie. That yeah. would have been nice. Yeah, eh, you know. But yeah, it, it, this feels like this is the first time when you are going to throw a lot of a lot of bad guys in a movie and actually have it kind of make sense, or at least a, a lot of big bad guys because those would be very those would be some these are upper echelon baddies from spider-man's rogues gallery if you will mm. like these are these are the toppies this this isn't like you know just oh yeah and you know like batman oh there's condiment king like there's what who yeah which all showed up in like the lego batman which to me is still the best batman movie bat, batman appearance that has happened since the christopher nolan batman movies which says a lot <laughs> ladies and gentlemen uh, that's funny but yeah, so th- this seems like the most plausible reason why you would have a lot of them all come together like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so th- that's interesting. I think the, uh, what are your thoughts on the box? So there's the oh. there's the moment when when uh, Doctor Strange kicks Peter out of out of his body into his astral mm-hmm. projection mm-hmm. out of his body, uh, much like uh, Sorcerer Supreme did with Stephen Strange and and as she did with the Hulk and now he does it. He has his hand in a box. What do you what do you think of that, sir? Don't know. That that's a great question. I I hadn't thought a lot about that. And yeah, and, and what's interesting is it is and, and I've I've read a couple things since the trailer first came out about in, in that particular scene, that's Doctor Strange dressed as Doctor Strange, not dressed in sweats like in the sweats <laughs> like we see him in the sanctum. Um, Sancho, give me my recreation pants. I need these sweats. So, yeah, that, it, it's a good question. I don't know if it's something tied to the spell or what it was that Strange starts to do and it's tied to that or not. Um, maybe that's one of the things they're trying to kind of, you know, is it some sort of MacGuffin that allows them to, you know, put the timelines back as they were before? I, I don't know. It's kind of, yeah, it's it, it's a good question, though. I It's a detail that I saw but i didn't really think a lot about so do you have uh, particular theories on that i don't because i i've i've the the one trailer breakdown from emergency awesome that i saw because i i didn't really pay that much attention to it because when i saw the trailer the first couple times i'm watching i'm like ooh, he kicked him out of his body and i really wasn't paying attention to the box 
And so then watching the breakdown, I'm like, oh, yeah, there is a box there. And they think, oh, it's something from that past, you know, universe he's trying to hang on to. And, and Strange is basically putting him into timeout so that, you know, he, he won't do something stupid. I don't know. Like part of me want part of me thinks like, oh, yeah, that's a great explanation. Part of me is almost like maybe it just looked cool. And it's like it, it really means nothing. I don't know. I'm almost leaning more towards like that rather than it becoming this MacGuffin that he's trying to keep hold of or something like that. I, I don't know. I mean, I could see both points of view. I'm kind of leaning more towards like, eh, I think maybe we're reading a little much into this, but yeah. I don't know. That is my unglamorous answer. Question for you. Uh, the Inception-like scene with the trains. Um, yes. Seems to be strange ta- you know, doing something to Peter. Mm. So what is your take on that? And, and I know we've already talked about the, the Mephisto angle here, but this... This was a doc. This is a Doctor Strange that is not dressed in in the manner that we're normally used to seeing him, and he does not have his cape. Mm-hmm. So I I found that scene interesting because I'm like, hmm, they they seem to be adversarial. So why would they be that? Yeah, it's it's a little odd, and that's why it's it, it. There's a lot of really good questions coming out of this, and not a lot of answers because it is odd to have a a goody versus goody sort of. thing. Thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we saw it in Civil War and you had the good guys facing down the good guys. It's not a normal type deal. You know, sort of like, I mean, not to drag this entire episode into professional wrestling, but you just don't get Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior like that babyface versus babyface main event too often because it's really hard to make it work. Yeah. And but I could see that working. I could see their that confrontation going back and forth between Strange and Peter and almost being in, in a way like maybe that's that's the point when Peter realizes he's kind of in over his head. Like he's pushed Strange and he's going to try and take him on because he, he believes, you know, whatever. You know, because we've seen, we've seen Peter be kind of very rash. I mean, we've seen him be a teenager, which is one of my favorite aspects of the character is that there is a lot of like, just oh golly oh gosh and I'm gonna do something really stupid because I'm a teenager and I'm like that's me just without superpowers and an engaging personality as a teenager perfect so I can kind of see that yeah but I don't know maybe that is kind of like again maybe leaning more towards Mephisto like maybe that's when Peter figures out like you ain't who you say you are doc right right and maybe that's how this thing plays out I don't know. I mean, it's it's a very odd thing to think of mm-hmm. having Mephisto as an ultimate bad guy, but then also having all these other bad guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, how does this whole thing play out? I don't know, but I, I guess I have a lot of confidence in Marvel to pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. That Their, their track record is what it is, and uh, so far they have not steered us wrong. So No. No. Not much at all, really. And... You know, the other part that's interesting, and, you know, I mentioned this while we watched the trailer, was the purple, you know, that we saw when the mm-hmm. spell goes kind of out of control. And, you know, is this really, uh, you know, based on the story that you, that you're saying they're pulling in, so it, it, it stands to reason that um, if this, like, let's just run with this is Mephisto, he's doing a spell, he's trying to pull together the timelines of the Amazing Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and this one to give mm-hmm. Peter what he wants. 
But by doing so, is he doing it at the exact moment of what we saw in Loki Mm. when things start to spiral out of control and now the branches in the multiverse begin? You know I don't I mean? know. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, a totally legit question because that was something I was asking myself is like, okay, well, if this is causing splinters in the multiverse, I mean, I suppose if, if you figure Loki, the events of Loki in a Earth Prime or whatever uh, timeline take place before this, you could say that, well, this is taking place afterwards because, yes, now everything is going crazy and things are splintering. So now it's just kind of tapping into what's already happening you know it's just opening up holes into these other universes that are already already rolling essentially or like you say are we seeing something line up in a cosmic way where at the same time as kang's like "Uh oh i don't know what's going to happen next like now we're everything is going right could this be could that be the thing that he didn't see coming or, or what i I, it's it's an interesting thing that I, I am not entirely sure of. I don't think the color purple is necessarily the key to it because if you go back to Doctor Strange when he goes to visit Dormammu or when he gets a when he gets, you know, the Sorcerer Supreme gives him the grand tour of the universe by like spinning him around into alternate dimensions and all that stuff. There's a lot of purple involved there too. Uh, so I don't I don't necessarily know that that is a key like, yes, this is Kang, you know, and this is kind of alluding to that. I'm not right. sure it could totally could, because, I mean, you got to figure there's got to be some sort of explanation of how like, OK, what's happening when and how is that causing things to splinter and do all are, are all of these movies kind of taking place in a similar moment like is quantum mania happening at the same time as no way no way home is taking place at the same time as Loki is taking place. Could be, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would it would be a rather interesting way of storytelling where you kind of you knit all those together to find out like, oh crap, that was all happening simultaneously because everything has been kind of a linear. Well, actually, not really. I mean, we've gone back in time, and but to have something stack like that is kind of a little different than what we're used to, or at least thinking in that way. You know, agreed. So, what do you say, sir? Uh, is this a buy or a sell for you? Uh... No Mephisto, a sell, Mephisto, a buy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's, it's, it's a buy. It's, you know, I, I, I like that they're kind of using this as a tentpole sort of, you know, film or, or story to kind of get us, you know, further into the multiverse. I don't know if the Eternals is going to deal with the multiverse at all. It doesn't seem like Shang-Chi is going to, but it feels like they kind of stumbled upon, I don't mean to say stumbled upon, but it does feel like there is a bit of, serendipity with all this where you've had two prior franchises and they're trying to now utilize those in a way to facilitate forwarding a story about this larger you know universe and larger story that's going to start taking place that is probably going to dwarf what we saw with the you know the infinity saga so i Mm -hmm. i'm really excited about i think this is you know like i said i think it's just a great first step um, I know step two that will follow this will be, I think, in March is when Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness takes place. So, again, this in, in some ways, this might be like the stepping stone to tee everything up for what that movie is going to address. Um, yeah. And definitely look forward to it. I, I, I am a strong buy. Strong, strong buy. 
Nice. So I I just want to look something up here. When does ah? Well, while you're looking up, can I throw one other thing in real quick? Yes. Because I I forgot to mention this. Uh, oh wow, we're not getting that for a while, your, are we? Uh, your your prior comments. When it comes to like when all this stuff happens, um, there was the rumor we talked about. I think a couple shows ago about was the end of Wandavision where she's in the cabin. You know, was that uh, when she hears the cries of her children? Was that a moment of the multiverse basically being born? You know, what I mean, mm. like, and and so, anyways, I just want to bring that up that 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 is another potential area to say, like, you know, we're we're all of these things happening at the same time when the multiverse sprung. Who knows? But there there does mm. seem to be potential areas where it, it could be the cause of explanation for some of the phenomena we have seen in the. Uh, prior uh, shows and i should have right done on. that right phenomena doo, 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 doo. there we go oh gosh no that's gonna be stuck in my head for months phenomena. now doo, 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 doo. jeez anyways uh for me this is a strong buy uh i i Shocked. i have i have thorough i know it is so <laughs> shocking i don't think anyone is shocked we're a strong buy for this group basically marvel no. plug you know, oh, we're such Marvel marks. It's not even funny. Yes, thank Just you. Marks absolute, is the right way to put it. Absolute and outright shills. And you know what? I'm proud of it. And, uh, you know, maybe someday Feige will actually start sending us a check for this stuff. Doubtful because he already knows he's got us. So why would he pay us? Mm. Uh, but I, I have, I'm a big fan of Tom Holland's uh, portrayal of Spider-Man. Uh, nothing against you know Tobey Maguire. I think he did a he did a good job. I did not actually see any of the Andrew Garfield movies, and I just I I really feel like they got Spider Man right, mm-hmm. and it's not so much about. I mean, the actor certainly has something to do with it, but I think they finally just in where they they set the character in terms of his age, in terms of how he's portrayed, and and how he acts and ha- interacts with the world around him and also other heroes and villains and, and, and all of that. I, f- I really feel like they got it right. And it just, it, it just works so well for me, the dynamic of, of this character in the movies that he's been in. And I, I'm just, I'm anxious to see the next chapter in it. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really hopeful that, you know, this is not the last time that we see <laughs> Spidey in the MCU. Cause mm-hmm. I think this is, this might be the last movie in the deal that they made two years ago with Sony after you know unceremoniously removing Spider-Man from the the MCU uh, before cooler heads prevailed a, a couple weeks later and he was back, uh, but I think this might be the last movie under that deal. So we'll see how things go going forward. Hmm. But yes, I'm a strong buy. I'm anxious to see it, and uh, you know I am a I am a mark for multiverse action. What can I say? Amen. And another thing. So, sir, what do you got for and another thing this week? Well, as if we haven't talked about them enough, uh, I actually switched mine up at the last minute, and and I will my original pick will will, will be for the next show. But ah, since okay. we chatted quite a bit about CM Punk, I thought it was appropriate to uh, call out, and I, I I did check to make sure it was there. But if you are a subscriber <laughs> of the Peacock, probably one of the oddest names for a digital streaming service but nonetheless yeah. uh if if you are a subscriber of that service uh if you do a search for cm punk you will find there is a documentary called cm punk best in the world 
Mm. Uh, I would highly recommend this. I watched this, uh, I believe this came out in 2013. I know it probably sounds silly to say uh, after hearing about, you know, all the negativity around why he left WWE, but he has a very interesting story uh, growing up and how he got into wrestling and how he established himself in the independence, um, ir- you know, irregardless of his size, irregardless of, you know, not being one of the kind of templated sort of physiques that you would normally expect in, in a professional wrestling, you know, outfit. And so, you know, to see him grow and, and his journey into WWE and the way he just had to, you know, crawl, I mean, really scrap and crawl and fight for everything that he got um, mm. was was just really interesting. And, and it's, it's a really, uh, it's a very interesting story. Would just highly recommend it if you are a, a fan of uh, professional wrestling and want to uh, get a little more insight into the man and what he, uh, you know, accomplished at least up to, up until that point. You know, he's he's you know definitely. Uh, it, it was interesting to see WWE do this documentary because there are times when he says some unflattering things, and I was shocked they let him say it. But uh, mm-hmm. but no, it's 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 a very good uh, very good story, very good insight in, into the man who is CM Punk. Uh, so I would highly recommend it. CM Punk, best in the world on the Peacock. See now, Phil Brooks, best in the world, just doesn't quite get that same sort of. Oh, Maybe throw a Hollywood in there, like Phil Hollywood Brooks. Does that make it work? No, no, okay. no, nothing. I got, right. I got nothing. All right. Superstar Phil Brooks. All right. No, checking. No, Night Train Phil Brooks. <laughs> No. When all else fails, throw a night train in front of the name. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a we haven't had a good night train nickname lately. That's got to happen again. That's a, that's one of those. I'm pretty sure it was Bill Simmons who once who once said like some of these nicknames like should be retired with a with an athlete or with a with a celebrity or whoever, and others ought to be able they ought to be able to after a certain number of years be brought out of retirement if if you find someone who is worthy. You know, so and so if if you were really good, maybe they would let let you have, you know, uh, Night Train Lane's nickname. You know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Like, you, but uh, you have to prove it. It's not just given. Like, you have to prove that mm-hmm. you're worthy of one of those nicknames. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hey, a Bill Simmons reference. It only took us like 74 episodes. That's amazing considering how much we used to talk about that guy. Okay. So for me, uh, my mine is a little more musical in nature. Uh, and this comes from a, uh, a main musician who you probably have not heard of uh, because uh, this is her debut solo album. Uh, her name is Renee Coolbrith, and she uh, just released an album called A Killer Named Sugar, which I will basically say has one of the the most killer opening (laughs) killer (laughs) Uh, I didn't even mean to do that Uh, one of the most killer opening tracks I've heard in quite a while just rocks really hard really punchy she's a really good singer has a very has a bit of a unique sound to her voice and has over the years been kind of a, a a part singer or a backup singer or a, a featured singer with a lot of different musicians around uh, Maine and kind of has uh, been here, there, and everywhere in terms of like different musical projects. Uh, one of the ones that I was like, not even my genre of music, but I kind of wanted to, I would kind of want to see it. Uh, part of an all women's misfits tribute band, oh, which I was like, right on. That'd be kind of cool. Like misfits are not really my jam, but 
you know, I kind of want to. I kind of want to check that out. It sounds yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, and actually, oddly enough, as I as I went through this, not that I played in you know with that many people uh, is widely sitting in with here, there, and everywhere as as a lot of other musicians have. But actually, when my band had our album release party, the opener had Renee as as part of the group. So oh, that wow. was just kind of an interesting, you know, seven, six degrees of separation, seven degrees of separation, whatever it is, nice. however many degrees she was there. Let's just do that. Um, not that, not that we're buddies or anything, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So uh, I definitely recommend checking that out. I'll put a link to, uh, I think it's her song whip page, which basically then lists out every single place you can find it. Uh, it's on iTunes, of course, or Apple Music, Spotify, a bunch of other places. But I'll I'll put that link in there, and you can choose where you would like to get it from. Otherwise, uh, just search Renee Coolbrith, not Birth, Coolbrith, uh, and you will, I'm sure, turn it up shortly. So once again, uh, we are bringing this meeting of the, the Free Range EDC congregation to a close. I know, I know. This was a this was a relatively short episode. I know you're used to getting hours and hours and hours of entertainment out of us, but you know what? I'll tell you what you can do. This one might have been short. Go back and just go back to the archives. There's plenty of hours of us just rambling. If you need to really fill some time on a cross country trip or if ESG. you know. If you're in solitary and they happen to give you a phone and you're just trying to make make it out of seven days in the hole, just go back to the archives. There's plenty there for you. Mm-hmm. But we would like to thank all of the members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation for gathering. And, and as we read from the Holy Scriptures of Idiocy, uh, which is basically just us jabbering, it's not even speaking in tongues, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing even interesting like that. It's just us as B.A. Brox would say, none of that jibber-jabber. So, uh, Although, once may- again, thank may- you all. Maybe but- our ramblings about wrestling uh, you know, is the equivalent of speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> to some people, I'm sure it is. Like, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but it's boring as hell. Uh, and it, I, But I totally get it. Like, If you don't like Marvel movies, the second half of this show was just like... <laughs> if you didn't like wrestling, the first half was... <laughs> So, I mean, this is a little something for everyone and a little something for nobody. So, once again, we feel like we have done our job in in maybe possibly entertaining or just outright disappointing you, which is kind of our MO. Uh, But thank you again for listening. If If you have not subscribed to the Free Range Idiocy podcast, well... What are you waiting for? You you go over to uh you go over to Podbean, you go over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you go to uh, iHeartRadio. We are on all of those. Just go ahead and search whatever your podcast purveyor is of choice. We'll probably come up, and then just click that subscribe button. Actually, don't click it. You just mash that sucker. Just mash the living crap out of it. Make sure you are subscribed to us, and uh, then you will get all of our lovely episodes delivered right to your device and then if you really want to further your status in the congregation what you got to do is follow us on the social medias not just one i want you to go follow us on all the social medias i want you to follow us on facebook on twitter on instagram all of those are at free range idiocy i don't even care if you don't have an instagram go get one i don't care if you don't got twitter go get one i don't care if you don't got facebook well no, yeah, go get a Facebook and, you know, join the rest of us in wasting our lives. So, uh, and if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, suggestions, what you want to do is send those to Tim at freerangeidc.com and he will get back to you PDQ forthwith, if not sooner. And now, 
now, now, we come to the portion of the show where I finally stop talking. You don't have to be that excited about it, really. It's okay. It's all right. And I let the the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show kind of take us home. The anchor leg, as it were. But first, before we get there, I kind of like to think back about the whole show. All the, all the knowledge that we have provided with all you people here. kind of like to just marinate, masticate. And that's where we're just going to leave that one. We won't adjudicate. No, we won't adjudicate because I'm guilty. I just know that. <laughs> we don't need to adjudicate nothing. Just five years in the hole. Crap. <laughs> um, but I like to turn to, to the man they call Tim and ask, what the hell did we learn today? My friend, we have learned the following. <sighs> I always love it when we have a list. Oh, we, we do feel, have a list. Feel good. Oh, first good. of all, first and foremost... Kevin Costner mm. is the king. All hail the king. Long live the king, his majesty, Costner of Kevin. No, that's not how that bend works. Bend the I don't knee. Know. Yes, bend the knee. Uh, we've also learned uh, the men they call Tim and Uncle Todd, uh, they like to talk wrestling. And maybe we need to find a venue for that. What say you, sir? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know if the world can take more of us, honestly. <laughs> I don't know if the world can take what we have right now. I mean... Uh, we've also learned that Uncle Todd is convinced Vince McMahon will outlive us all. <laughs> he will. Vince's head in a jar will bury <laughs> us all. Book he's, it. He's convinced. We've also learned, as, as we discussed, Spider-Man No Way Home looks like a great story and a great way to jump into the multiverse. We are excited. We are bullish. Uh, don't bother us December 17th, uh, you know, out, out for lunch, out for whatever. We're, we're going to be taking this movie in and uh, dissecting it, bisecting it, and, and whatever other secting it to understand and, and, and to digest and to be able to come back here and, and to discuss it, to adjudicate it. All right, so I worked the word in when it didn't so make we've, sense. So we've got, we've got Book of Boba Fett. We've got Spider-Man, mm-hmm. No Way Home. We've got the holidays. We've mm-hmm. got holiday cooking, holiday cookies. All, I mean, are we going to survive to 2022? I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. Somebody shoot me while I'm happy. That's what I say. <laughs> and finally, we have also learned, well, well, we haven't learned this, but but just wanted to call this out. You know, over 2,100 downloads uh, this week on Podbean. Uh, so, again, Holy we just want to thank you for your support, for your listenership, and, and for putting up with the idiocy that is uh, this show. So we, we do thank you. With all that yes, being indeed. said, we want to thank you uh, once again uh, for listening. I want to say be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And as always, uh, you know, just because it's good practice, would you please hit the lights on the way out? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Why, Johnny Tyler! Doc? Where are you going with that shotgun? I didn't know you was back in town. Did you give me my cheese wheels, boy? Hello, what have we here? 
No, I said poker's an honest trade. Only suckers buck the tiger. The odds are all on the house. Depends on how you look at it. I mean, it's not like anybody's putting a gun to their head now, is it? <laughs> That's what I love about Wyatt. He can talk himself into anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You may go now. No, however, just be wrong. Just stand there in your wrongness and be wrong and get used to it. Damn! Just leave that shotgun. Now, now you're just being silly. <laughs> just now? Just now. Everything else prior to that, totally serious. Oh, okay, good. All right. You must not have been listening. Oh. Now get the hell out of here!